Not Transition Ready Podcast, a KFM Network production. A podcast about military service, substance abuse, and veteran advocacy. Created by Kahari Johnson. Written by Kahari Johnson and Denise Peoples Johnson. Narrated by Kahari Johnson and Denise Peoples Johnson. Music provided by Artless IO. Episode 2. Dial 988 and press 1. If you are a veteran and have thoughts of hurting yourself or someone else, please grab your mobile device and dial 988, then press 1 to be connected with a veteran crisis coordinator. As a veteran who has personally used these services, My hope is to encourage more of my brothers and sisters to seek help and stay strong. Remember, you are not alone. Damn, that was fast. (laughs) Just eight short months ago, I was serving drinks to Michael Jordan's entourage and his cat that always wore orange suits to the game. Now, I'm an American airman. Trained in military basic skills, one point shy on a marksman on the rifle, and a six pack that will make the girls of the class of 09 scream. But I was also about 10,500 kilometers away from any sense of familiarity. About 6,500 miles away from anyone that knew me before I swore in. 14 hours in the future time zone, and it only made me feel more distant as if if I miss anything or anyone, I'd technically be doing it before them. It's really tricky, but it's super common. When I landed on the icy tarmac of Masawa Air Base around 11.45 p.m. circa December 15, 2010, I was unsure of what to expect. The snow was snowing and everybody was in a rush to go meet their family and friends waiting for them inside the terminal. I wasn't sure of who I was looking for or even if I got off at the right stop. Then she must have seen me look confused and came to come find me out of the crowd. Tech Sergeant Singleton. She confirmed I was Johnson, hugged me, and then escorted me to her Japanese version of an Astro van. When we got in the car and started driving, she immediately turned onto the left side of the road and I almost had a heart attack. Oh yeah, they drive on the left side of the road out here. Gotta get used to that. She continues to tell me that the squadron wasn't expecting me for a couple weeks, so they didn't have a dorm room ready for me yet. So this meant I had to stay at the good old Masawa Inn. The Masawa Inn was pretty much a red roof inn that they had slapped on top of an old dorm room. That, that, that gives you the best idea of where I was at. She told me she'd come back and check on me in the AM because I didn't have a cell phone yet, and then she left to get some rest before her 6 AM shift. So there I was, first night in Japan, 1.30 a.m., and I'm wide awake. The only thing on TV that I can understand was this terrible channel called AFN with corny military commercials, and I just knew I was going to lose it already. Bored, alone, no form of communication, and a closed dining facility, I figured there was only one thing left for me to do. I bought a pack of cigarettes. I know, how did we get here? (laughs) 
There are not many things that you can control while serving in the military. But a few of those things are the legal consumption of nicotine and alcohol. And with the lower drinking age in the country and a birthday coming up in a few weeks, I was destined to live out my own Japanese version of Tennessee whiskey. And little did I know, in a few short months, everything was about to get shaken up. Okay, I have so many questions. <laughs> Talk to me. Is this your first time out the country? Uh, no, it's not my first time out the country. Um, I went to Jamaica as a kid, but um, I think I was like 14, 15 when I went to Jamaica. So, but uh, solo, dolo, yeah. Man. Okay, so you were in boot camp. Mm-hmm. How long was that? Uh, I think eight weeks. And then tech school? Tech school, uh, let me think about that. So I went to boot camp in May. I graduated July 4th weekend. And then I was in tech school from like, well, from then until late November. And then I PCS to Japan. In December. So, did you see your family before you went to Japan? Yeah. Um. So, so for the Air Force, you go through uh, Air Force basic training, and then you go to tech. You go straight to tech school. Mm-hmm. And then, um, if you are lucky enough to be within a certain radius, you can go home. But if not, then you know you gotta stay where you're at. Um. And I wasn't the one of the lucky ones, nor did I have a way to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, um. So, yeah, I didn't see my family until um, after I was done with tech school. My dad came to my graduation. He, he was the only one that was able to make it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then you're off to another country for two years. Two years, yeah. Now, this whole time... You didn't think to pick up a pack of cigarettes. And that's the first thing you do in another country? That's not 100% necessarily true. (laughs) It isn't, it isn't. Okay, so. You had experimented with black and mild as a child. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, yes. So, um. No. <laughs> I did not experiment with Black and Miles as a child. Jesus. I, um, when I was grown, and um, I'm not 100% sure. I, I, I kind of I remember the first moment that I was, I was introduced to Black and Miles, and I'm not going to blame her. Mm. <laughs> that just sounds because so blamey. No, because she was a sweet person. Like, literally, it wasn't even like that. Like, we weren't even on that time. Like she was really a good person. Like we worked together, and I just remember she was the first person. Like she was like she taught me how to freak a black mile. She taught me like all that shit. So like, um, so anyways, uh, so we so it was you call it freak it or you call it hyphen it. You can call it you call it hyphen it too. So that's, 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 that's another one. So anyways, so yeah, um, but yeah, I experimented, but it was nothing that was like it's like when I went to basic, I wasn't having nicotine withdrawals. Yeah, it wasn't like that, right? So. 
Uh, when I got to tech school, every once in a while I would smoke one, but um, once again, didn't need it. Wasn't a thing. But when I picked up them cigarettes, man, it was like a new life because I ain't had shit to do. Like I really, literally remember walking around in front of the hotel. It's snowing. It's 1.45, 2 a.m., pitch black outside. Well, maybe the sun. No, it was pitch black. It was winter. Pitch black, and I'm just, I smoked like three cigarettes back to back. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, um, it'd be like that. Be yeah, like that. but you, you know, know you I only say know. that because I feel like that's exactly what happened with the Marine. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, you got to think about it. You go through, you go through a big transition really, really fast, and 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 it sounds stupid. And I'm not, and I'm not saying this to be like it sounds stupid because you didn't be. Yeah. Blah, blah, but I am saying it in the sense of like it sounds stupid just because being on that side of things, things happen so fast. Mm-hmm. Like so fast that you really don't have an opportunity to to grasp onto anything, and sometimes the things that you grasp onto are the things that are readily available to you. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you one thing: you walk into any any store, any place that's selling anything on any military base, you're gonna find two things. No, three things. You're gonna find energy drinks. You're gonna find nicotine. And you're gonna find alcohol. Yeah. Just saying. So you said that things were getting gonna be shaken up. Yeah. Yeah. What um, does that mean? So um, I got there December 2010, and on March 11th, 2011. Um, there was a really big earthquake that um, popped off on the um, the I guess that would be the east side of the island, and um, it was um, a 9.0, 9.1 earthquake, so pretty huge earthquake, and um, it also caused a, a really big tsunami that ended up. Um, I remember that. Yeah. I I well, you know. Being from California, earthquakes have always interest me. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't necessarily. I mean, obviously, I know that the earthquake is what caused the tsunami because I'm not an idiot. But I don't remember like so much um, of the news about the earthquake. It was all just about the the tsunami, really, that I can recall. Again, I so, was in Indiana at the time, so I was like, there's a tsunami? For sure. Uh, so <laughs> so here's the thing. So here's actually a really crazy story. So a really true story. Earthquake hits. I'm in my dorm room. Um, just to confirm this story, there's actually a really funny video. Um, not so funny video. It's funny now looking back at it that I actually recorded, and I'm going to put the link into it um, that you downloaded where y'all can actually click on it. Y'all were actually record me real time actually in this specific earthquake. And um, this was the fish tank on Facebook. This was the fish tank shaking video. Yeah. Said, yeah. So, um, anyways, earthquake happens, lights go out, power goes out, you know. We're all kind of like, wow, like, you know what I'm saying? We're like, we hear that there's earthquakes out here, but we don't know. Like, we have no idea the magnitude at this point. I mean, we have zero idea. One day passed, two days passed. We're in um, 48 hours. We're in um, a gas line. 
me and my homie Damien are we're in the gas line and we're watching and I'm trying to connect he had a TV in his car so in Japan you can get these really cool cars and like for like you know so he had like a luxury like a Lexus and I'm like hitting the thing hitting the thing and eventually I get a Japanese channel and I'm just like oh so I'm like something right because we getting I wasn't getting anything before so we're looking at it I'm looking at the picture and I see the Sendai airport Sendai is um a town maybe about halfway between where we were at in Misawa and Tokyo mm-hmm. but it was like the Tokyo it was like a smaller version of Tokyo mm-hmm. we see the airport and this is regular and then all of a sudden the frame changes and you just see water just <sighs> rushing over the airport we're just like what the fuck is this I mean we're we I we had no idea that a tsunami had happened minutes after the earthquake oh and we're now 48 hours later in time let that sink in there was a whole tsunami and unless you were you know people knew it happened but we didn't have any way of communication we didn't have any electricity so we had no idea that a tsunami happened when I tell you probably hours after that that's when I got indoctrinated into Operation Tomodachi. That's... And Operation... Tomodachi. Tomodachi. It means Operation... It means friendship. Um, It means um, it was pretty much a joint military effort between um, the JASDAF or the the JASDAF joint... The Japanese military, excuse me... Air Force, Marines, Navy, Coast Guard, Army, um, all the branches, all the, you know, they were pretty much coming together to respond to the um, earthquake and tsunami. disaster. Mm. So this is the recovery effort. Yeah, recovery, yeah. Man. Yeah. And you, and this is not even a full year from boot camp. Yeah, not even not even a full year. I mean, like, yeah. Not, I mean, no, no. I mean, I yeah, I graduated boot camp in July, and this was March. So yeah, not even a full year. Like, like, I mean, I get, I I hear that, like, time flies, and and I've seen, I've seen as a mother the change in in my son you know his first year in the core um but but like listening to that time elapsed version so much of happens, it it's right? just like the fuck i mean <laughs> no it's no i mean i, I, I feel you it's it you know being on uh, being on the side of actually being the service member going through it and seeing that side of things and then having the opportunity to be on the other side of it with me you and the boy it was really it was eye-opening honestly because it was like damn this is what this looks like because in my mind it was like he'll be back he'll be right back sorry he'll like he'll he'll be right back but when you're going through it, it's like, this is life. I want to be in boot camp every day forever. <laughs> I can't even imagine. You know, and we kind of like fast forwarded to March 11. 
like just hopping over the fact that you got to Japan 10 days before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three weeks before your birthday. Yeah, yeah. So this is all all your first without family now all my first um yeah yeah I had, at that point i mean yeah i wouldn't have had a reason to spend a christmas away from my family or a um so technically um did i make thanksgiving that year you know what i don't think i actually made it home for thanksgiving because I had a cousin that was stationed in Pensacola or around Pensacola. And I remember she invited me over if I wanted to come over for for, for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I didn't. So that was my first Thanksgiving, Christmas and uh, birthday. Away, I mean, away from family. So, that's yeah. how that's how Jay's was board. as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he turned 18 in boot camp mm-hmm. and then he was. Gone for Thanksgiving, gone for Christmas, and 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 now he has had his second Thanksgiving away from, well, with his military family. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and that's one thing that I will say. Um, outside of you know, once I actually was on station at places. Outside of that first Christmas, just because it, I was, I mean, I was so new. Mm-hmm. I never spent any holidays alone after that. Because um, you're now with your. I'm now with my with my with my team with my brothers, you know, and yeah. and, and, and and you know, um, even you know, shit, even the relationships, you know, I was I was gonna be around somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> and now to the next part. <laughs> Sitting in the car watching that TV was the first time I realized this, how serious it was. At that moment, I realized I was literally halfway across the country and a natural disaster happened and my family had no way to confirm my safety. Unfortunately, I didn't have too much time to dwell on that because a few hours later, I was officially inducted into Operation Tomodachi, aka Operation Friendship. All military services were mobilized to assist the Japanese people with cleanup, rescue, debris removal, etc. The first town that we were deployed to was one that we frequented often because of its shopping, food, and arcades. Hachinoe was a gem for us Americans, and was just far enough from the base to be authentic, but was close enough to be very welcoming to us, our business, and our shenanigans. The aftermath of the tsunami was something like I had never seen before. I mean, honestly, it was like something out of a video game or a news broadcast. 150 feet long vessels swept hundreds of yards inland. Cars hanging out of two-story balconies. And most buildings were standing in about two to four feet of this black mix of salt water, sand, dirt, fish, and whatever else got swallowed up in the process. The next town we went to was a small fishing community. I can't for the life of me remember the name of it, but for the sake of this recording, we'll call it Noda. The main buildings in the city sat somewhere high on the cliff, while the rest of the residential areas were in a very shallow valley, 
and that valley was only separated by about a 50-foot barrier and then the ocean. The tsunami had no issue clearing that barrier to swallow up about 95% of the residential units and dragging the carnage back out to the sea, leaving a huge, flat lot of house foundations and tree trunks. Further parts of that story would be kept out due to the graphic nature. And honestly, after all those countless hours of doing all that relief work, sitting in gas lines and watching idiots fight over milk at the commissary, I would have never made it through all that without my bros. Kilo, Echo, Tango, Mike, and Hotel for the sake of this podcast. (laughs) But on another note, there was a lot of things going on at the time. Family was getting sick and being diagnosed back home. Love life was pretty secluded to other broken service members because I was scared of the black clap. And all you can do for yourself is ask you that famous David Goggins questions. Why? During my short four years and change in military service, we suffered the loss of four service members by the way of suicide. And even after getting out, it seems like more of our veterans, brothers and sisters are choosing that route. These next words are for veterans directly, but please feel free to eavesdrop. It's okay. What you did was not normal. What we must continue to do is also not normal. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to want to feel normal. But our uniform is off. Our impenetrable armor has been removed. Now we must feel in order to conquer. If you, f- if those feelings sometimes become too much to bear, remember, you were not alone when the bullets were flying in the first place. Reach out. This is the time when thank you for your service isn't enough. So, um... Thank you for your service. Thank you. <laughs> and I know that I can never even imagine, even even in your description of what you saw, I can't even imagine it. Um, so thank you for your vulnerability an ability to paint somewhat of a picture for us. I know firsthand that that was difficult. Yeah. It was difficult. Um, it, it, it had its moments. Um, you know, I feel like it's it's, it's it's someone it's somewhat of the veteran in me is kind of like you know it wasn't as bad as it could have been or you know it, you know it wasn't this or it wasn't that um but as I've gotten older I've learned to not compare 
my situation to anybody else's and not to um, diminish my experiences. Yeah, because um, your service is extraordinary and beyond anything that I could comprehend as a civilian. So I, um, I'm emotional. (laughs) Because I know the person that you have been shaped into as a result of these experiences. And I called you a hoe. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I mean, technically, I mean, by definition, I I guess I could. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's almost like completely understandable to have these vices Mm. and um ways of coping yeah. when your nine to five is uh search and recovery and all of the other exhaustive i i don't know and i mean, just... and, I, and, I, and i mean that you know don't don't get me wrong you know operation tomodachi or or at least my uh, my participation in operation tomodachi wasn't like um a super extended amount of time um it was a long time but it wasn't you know saying but it wasn't like a super extended amount of time it wasn't it wasn't anything like that mm-hmm. um but however that was you know some of the the very first you know i was doing things with 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 that before i had even got uh fully you know yeah, we're into my regular job talking you know about saying? like yeah. a kid i just got there you yeah know what I'm saying? You, you have a little bit of time before you actually start going into your regular job and i hadn't even got to my job like i hadn't even met my supervisor yet you're 20 <laughs> years old yeah yep just turned 20 yep. yeah yep so it, so it was crazy um it was a lot um you know but uh you know it's You know, shout out to shout out to Masawa. Shout out to everybody that I met in Masawa. There's there's so many people that I still maintain super dope relationships with today. Um, you know, outside of my bros, uh, shout out to Quay, shout out to Latasha, shout out to um I mean there's I mean, shout out to Ra uh, to the Lazar. Um Yeah. I mean there's there's just there's just so many so many people that you know uh to this day. To this day. Oh boy. I still um <laughs> and real cool with so um i feel that and and um i i don't want to say this lightly but when you trauma bond with people you um those those bonds are lifelong Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 it's you know it's because you like you know going back to the whole thing i was talking about you know people fighting in the commissary over milk you know it was no like i'm i'm so serious precursor to covid going both like throwing bowls (laughs) over over milk but right off base they're also dealing with the same thing but they're over there rebuilding but mm-hmm. we're all we're on base scrapping over milk and and it's funny because i remember i went there with my bros and and we're we're laughing because we're just like you're fighting over stuff that is gonna go spoiled if it doesn't have mm-hmm. electricity i go there and i'm getting 
hot dogs. I'm getting bread. I'm getting stuff. They're just like, well, what's going to happen? I'm just like, I have a window. And outside of my window, there's snow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that stuff in the snow. And it's going to stay cold. who's looking for it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's how we got by. Uh, I think we went, we, it was about, I think it was about six or seven days without electricity. Um, which, you know. Looking back at it, it didn't seem like it was that bad. But going through it, it was like, even going through it, we made the most out of it. We we, we grilled every day. We ate grilled. Shit, six or seven days without electricity. Did you see what happened in fucking Texas? I'm sorry, that's a long time People without electricity. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, you know, it's funny because the, the uh, you know the electricity came off base. It came on off base. Fat, 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 fat. The electricity came on off base first before it came on on base. And I remember when we were like, we were sitting on base and you could literally see the lights come on mm-hmm. off base to the point where we we're just like, oh, because that's how dark it was. And we were just like, oh shit. So we went off base and we were drinking and stuff. So yeah, good times. Man. Good times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I get so caught up in your storytelling. Like it's, it's truly amazing. But um, I, I've had the pleasure of meeting most of your bros. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and and I, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank them, not only for their service, but for their friendship to you, because I've watched how um, influential they have been in your transition back to civilian life and and all the transitions that you've made you know your transition as a husband as a stepfather talk to me about their role their influence i mean i guess okay that's that was my point in saying all that um so pretty much like their influence is different and it has been different for me at different times and but it has always been my What's the place? What, what, what am I trying to say? Um, I feel like they're like my HQ, my headquarters. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't always go to headquarters. You're not always at headquarters. You're usually at your own place that you call headquarters doing your thing. But when all else goes and you, you do your thing, eventually you report back to headquarters and you let them know what's going on. And you share your story and you you talking amongst other people who have their own things and they kind of can tell you how you how you messed up how you could fix things i don't know if that's all making sense but that's kind of how um i feel like our relationship is is that we're all off living our own lives and we all all have our individual uh paths that we're going on each one of us is literally doing something completely different mm-hmm. and we all come back to HQ and we check in with each other and we can you know what I'm saying kind of you know if, if we're one of us going through something we can help them out through that if they need a, a swift kick in the ass we give them a swift kick in the ass if they need you know what I'm saying an ear a shoulder to cry on whatever the situation is you know um, so yeah you know that's, that's pretty much um, you know what they've been for me over the years I think that addressing um, those veterans that you have lost, especially while active duty um, service member, is is very um, 
appropriate and and important because <clears throat> well my son's only been a marine for a year and I've um been <clears throat> advised of three losses from his graduating um kilo company mm-hmm. so I I understand how well from my standpoint how um, impactful that can be can you talk to me just about that piece um yeah um so Yeah, there's there's been a few of us. Um, there's been a few of us. From my understanding, everybody in my from my understanding, everybody in my flight from basic is 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 whole. I believe um, my brother flight took a lot of L's. Um, I mean. Yeah, like from 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 very not from not long after we graduated basic to not too long ago, there's been some losses um, coming from the brother flight, um, and then um, at least two that I know of, and then there was. Um, a guy that was um, I was roommates with in tech school for like when we first get to tech school you have like a, you're in a quad and then you move into a, a, a double room and then um, but he was like my one of my quad mates and I heard that um, he you know um, took his life and his wife found him in the garage um, you know type shit and um, another and, and, and I, I'm I'm recalling the names and I'm digging the names, but I'm not sharing the names just because I haven't reached out to any of those families to talk about it on this side of things. Um, one I did, but um, another uh, airman, he um, he actually took his own life in the dorms on base in, at Fort Meade while I was there. Um, I mean, you know, not there, but while I was uh, stationed there, mm-hmm. um, really cool guy. Um, and then it's kind of crazy to be like most recently, um, veteran humor is terrible. It's fucking terrible. Um, it is, but um, we understand most recently, um, Ramsey Farrington, um, he's a Navy veteran, and on November eighth, he had. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, on November fifth, he had a altercation. There was an altercation between him and the Norfolk Police Department, which they unlawfully entered his home to arrest him. And um, there was a, a altercation in that 
in that fashion and um he was arrested i'm not 100 percent sure of the details of his release but i do know by november 8th he was released and he was with his wife and they were talking to the norfolk county police department internal affairs office trying to get receive some type of justice and understanding for what had transpired with him and they from how the story goes he wasn't receiving any answers and um in the process of being on a phone call he took his own life um this was you know this past november 8th right before veterans day Um, I hadn't talked to him in years. Um, his wife as well as a veteran, um, you know, interacting a few Instagram posts type stuff like that, right. you know, but hadn't talked to him in years. Um, not going to act like he was like my best friend or anything like that, but you know, I, um, the reason why I wanted to title the today's episode uh, 988 Press 1 is because literally it's just that simple. Um, dial 988 Press 1. Or if you don't feel like that's a valuable option, search Kahari Johnson, K-H-A-R-I-J-O-H-N-S-O-N on Facebook or on Instagram. Send me a message. I will talk to you. If you're a veteran and you really just need somebody to talk to, just please reach out. I might not have been through any, exactly what you've been through. I might not understand exactly what you can understand. I mean, understand, but I did put on that uniform with you, so I can at least we can at least level on that point. abuse and veteran advocacy created by kahari johnson written by kahari johnson and denise peoples johnson narrated by kahari johnson and denise peoples johnson music provided by artlist io if you are a veteran in crisis have thoughts of hurting yourself or someone else please call the veteran crisis line by dialing 988, then press 1 to be connected with the Veteran Crisis Coordinator. As the granddaughter, daughter, spouse, and mother of a military veteran, my hope is to encourage more awareness and support for military members and their families to access services and stay strong. You are not alone.